I want to talk to you today about living a supernatural life. I lead a church up in the northeast of England called Revive Church, and we love to see the supernatural loving things of God taking place. But we're incredibly ordinary people, and that's what I want to talk about today. How can ordinary people do extraordinary things? I believe God wants to transform our nation in incredible ways, but I think he's got to use ordinary people because there aren't enough heroes around. I think God is going to clothe normal people in incredible power to do incredible things. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, here's a little secret that I've learned. It isn't the big things in life that transform you. It's often the little things that bring great power. Think about this. I, I play golf. I play it very, very badly. And um, I, I bought my dad some golf lessons for his birthday once. And it just so happened that the coach would teach two people, not just one. So effectively, I bought myself a golf lesson for my dad's birthday. And uh, we went to the driving range and I was having a lesson and, and he did some stuff with my dad. And then he came over to me and he said, right, show me your swing. Let's see what you could do. And so I stood there and I, I grabbed the stick. That's how good I am. And I gave it a swing. I was glad I hit it. And I'm glad it went straight and it went a certain distance. And that, that, well, I was quite pleased with that. And then he said, OK, right. And he, he began to manhandle me. He grabbed my feet and moved them two inches. He pushed my knees a couple of inches shifted my bottom around a couple of inches, lifted my head a little bit, changed my hand position. He said, right, now hit it. And I swung again and hit it again, and it went twice as far. Two inches here, an inch there, a couple of centimetres there, and suddenly my game was twice as powerful. I'm sure the enemy would love us to think we've got to have big transformational changes in our life only when you know the whole Bible, only when you're really studious, really spiritual, really doing big, courageous, uh, bold things, intelligent things with God, is God going to use us? That's a deception. You only need to make small changes in your life to begin to see big changes in the result of God's power moving through you. And I want to talk today about one of the things that if we can deal with it, even in small measures to begin with, it absolutely transforms the power of the miraculous sense of God moving in our lives. I want to talk today about the whole area of fear. Fear is incredibly powerful, but if we release fear from our lives, incredible things can begin to happen. I, I wanted to develop in the area of healing some years ago, and, and, uh, and so I was trying to think, how do I begin to grow as someone moving in the area of the miraculous? So uh, at the time, I was an itinerant worship leader. I traveled around, so I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll book a little tour and I'll go on tour and I just I want to be able to pray for lots of people that are ill and see what happens so I went out on tour I managed to get it booked and out I went I didn't tell anyone that I wasn't very good at healing but I just said I'm going to do a worship and healing night they all thought well he must be good at it so I went ahead and went for it and here's the interesting thing that happened I did six nights in a row and the services that the meetings were all about the same size how come then on the first night about seven people got healed on the second night, about 15 people got healed. On the third night, about 25 people got healed. When you start to get to the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth night, I was seeing 30 people healed in, in sometimes in 30 seconds as you call out words of knowledge around the room and people are getting healed. Here's my puzzling thought. Was God getting better at healing? No, I was getting better at cooperating with God and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And as we deal with the little things in our lives, like fears and anxiety, God begins to move in greater and greater ways. 
I've got one key scripture for you today. And it's 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6. Let me read this to you. It says, for this reason, this is apostolic father talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. He says, for this reason, I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Let's go through that again. It's really important. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame. There's something that should be in your life that's like a flame. It's like a bonfire. In fact, it's up to you, Timothy, whether it's a bonfire or an ember, it's your responsibility to fan it into flame. You choose whether the thing of God inside you is a great big burning bonfire or a little candle. It's your choice. And here he goes on to explain, so what is it that turns the bonfire into an ember? He says this, for God did not give us a spirit of fear. He's saying, Timothy, fear will take the bonfire of God inside you and turn it into an ember. That's what fear does. Fear, oh, I'm going to say something a little bit radical. I hope you can cope with it now because it sounds wrong at first. But fear locks God in a box inside you. You'll have God in you and, and God over there in other people. But actually God moving through you to do things begins to stop when fear sets up the barriers around about us. Fear, practically speaking, for your life and my life, locks God in a box inside and says, I, I, I don't mind God moving, but I'm scared to do A, B or C. I'm scared to step out. We need to somehow break free from fear so God can begin to flow out of our lives to touch the lives of others. I know God isn't in a box, literally speaking, but as far as your experience goes, he will remain locked inside until they go, God, I'll be bold enough to step out and see you move. Something happens when we break away from fear. Now, it's absolutely vital that we do because we've looked at this before. In order to see miracles happen, this is how they happen. When we ask for a miracle, God doesn't always give us a miracle. He often gives us an instruction. When we fulfill the instruction, a miracle breaks out. Like Moses at the Red Sea, waving that stick. When he waved the stick, the sea parted. He had to be brave enough to do the unusual. It's not always unusual, but sometimes it is. He had to be brave enough to do the unusual and see God break out in his life. When we can step beyond fear, something incredible begins to happen in and around us. Jesus, the Bible shows, was filled with the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 3. And then in Luke 4, it says he was led by the Holy Spirit. And he was led into the desert, if you remember. Oh, imagine that. He's just been filled with the Holy Spirit. He's been waiting 30 years to start his ministry. We knew he wanted to be in ministry. You remember as a young lad, he was found being about his father's business and all that kind of thing. He really wanted to get on with it. Then he's filled with the Holy Spirit at the Jordan. And what does the Holy Spirit say? Off into the desert. I'd have been like, where do you think I've been all this time? Anyway, he obeys the Holy Spirit. He's led by the Spirit into the desert. And in the desert, he's tested. And really what it shows, as his flesh is tested and prodded by the enemy, Jesus comes back. Remember, it says, it is written, it is written, it is written. He was starving, hungry. The devil said, turn the stones to bread. Jesus kept going, it is written, it is written, it is written. What does it all show us? It shows us that Jesus had a sharp mind. Notice it says, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. To move in the miraculous, you need a sound mind, 
a sharp mind. In other words, it's not just that I can hear God's voice, it's also that I can control my fears, my anxieties, my ego, and I can step out in the things that God wants me to do. When we have a sound mind that agrees with God's word and agrees with God's leading, miracles can break out. But if we're anxious and filled with fear, our own mind will shut down the miraculous of God and stop him moving. God wants to break out of our timidity and break us into the place of miracles. A friend of mine uh, from our church, he was uh, wanting to go and do some evangelism near our church. Now our church is in a fairly rough area in the, in the city of Hull, and, and it can be pretty exciting on the streets. He heads out onto the streets, and he felt, feels led by God to walk up to a group of 15-year-olds and say, can I tell you about Jesus? And they, they kind of swear at him and tell him to go away. And he said, no, 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 I'd love to tell you about Jesus. And they're, they're having none of it. Then he notices one lad is half leaning on a bicycle. He's got a bad leg, he can see. He doesn't need a word of knowledge. So he turns around and says, look, if God heals your bad leg, can I talk to you about Jesus? Well, before they could respond, he slaps his hand on the, on the kid's shoulder, said, dear Jesus, would you heal this young man right now? Look at that boldness, you see? Oh boy, boldness does something. The lad jumped off his bike and started shaking his leg around, said, what's going on? And then he said something really unusual, and we've noticed people say this quite a bit. He said, What's that that I can feel inside? In our words, we would say it's the presence of God. They say, what's that? That feels amazing. I can feel something inside me. And our friend says, well, that's just God saying hello. But how's your leg? And he says, my leg's completely better the moment you pray for me. And the, he begins to shake on the street under the power of the presence of God. And as he's shaking on the street, the other 15-year-olds say, what's going on? He says, I don't know, but it feels amazing. So they say, can we have some? So in Hull, in the middle of the street, completely unchurched lads, 15-year-olds, line up in a little row, put their hands out and say, can we receive the Holy Spirit? And they begin to shake under the power of God. Well, a little group of seven, eight, nine-year-olds walk up, say, what's going on? The one on the end says, it's the power of God. They say, can we have some? They line up in a row. They put their hands out, seven, eight, nine-year-olds, and begin to shake under the power of God. A policeman turns up, says, what's going on here? One of our lads goes, it's the power of God. Do you want some? <laughs> he ran off pretty quick. No, I've got a job to do. And those lads stood shaking under the presence of God. That evening, 20 of their lads, because they bought some friends, came into the church and gave their lives to Jesus. All because someone was bold enough that when he felt God say, go and talk to those lads, he stepped out and went for it. Oh, if we can deal with fear, boldness pushes us into places where the great miracles happen. You don't have to be bold all the time. In fact, you'd probably drive us nuts if you were bold all the time. Just be bold when you hear the voice of God and step into the things that he's called you to do. You've got to be brave. That's where miracles are. Just a few weeks ago, my wife saw a violin. She plays the violin beautifully, and people are touched by God's presence as she plays. And she saw this lovely violin, and we were in a shop, and, 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 and she said, oh, I'd, I'd love that violin. And I knew we'd spent a lot of money that month, so I was thinking, oh, well, lovely. Well, you better ask Jesus then. Anyway, a few days later, I'm, I'm praying and I'm trying to get my sermon ready for Sunday, and God interrupts me, and he says, I want you to buy that violin. I'm like, God, we can't really afford it. He says, buy the violin. Now, I knew in that moment, it went from fearful or bold to suddenly just, I've got to obey. 
who cares whether I'm scared about finances or brave about finances? I've heard God. What matters now is that I obey. And so boldness and all that kind of stuff didn't come into it. The voice of God pushed me through to the place where I just had to do what I know he told me to do. Because I'd heard his voice of so many smaller things over the years. So I walk out of my study and I walk into my wife's office and I say, well, do you want the good news? She said, what's the good news? I said, God said we've got to buy the violin, even though we can't afford it. So we bought the violin. Within four days, the money came through for the violin. See, miracles happen in response to God speaking. When we do what he says, God breaks out. We've got to overcome our fear in doing the thing that he said to do. Something happens when we step into bravery. A friend of mine in South Africa, an apostolic figure, he was walking through uh, the middle of a city and his wife had just died some weeks before. He's an older man, an apostolic guy, always wore a suit, didn't dress like me, proper Christian. And he's walking through the middle of the city with his Bible under his arm and his suit on and he's walking past a nightclub in the evening and God says to him, and he knows it's God's voice, go into the nightclub. Well, he, he, he has to pause and go, God, I've never been in a den of iniquity in my life and I don't intend to start today. But God just kept saying, this is how God speaks, like waves upon the shore, just gently, not manipulatively, but compelling, just say, go into the nightclub, go into the nightclub. Eventually, he plucks up the courage and he goes into the nightclub for the first time in his life. He walks into the club and he looks out across the dance floor and, and people are dancing and the music's pumping. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? They're going for it. And he looks across and he sees a woman dancing in the middle of the dance floor and she looks what she is. She's a prostitute. She's dancing in the middle of the, of the nightclub dance floor. And God says to him, go and dance with that woman. <laughs> now he's like, no, I can't do that. Anyway, he has a little fight with God and he overcomes his fear. You're going to have to do this again and again if you're going to walk in the miraculous. He overcomes his fear and he goes up out onto the nightclub floor. And I can only imagine his granddad dances. He's there dancing with this prostitute. And God says, now ask her if she'd like a drink. Of course, he's dying inside. He says, no. She says, would you like a drink? Eventually, he got her to the bar. <coughs> he, 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 he got her whatever she asked for. He told me that he asked for a glass of milk. I don't know if he ever got it. But there he chats to her. He makes it very clear that he, he's not there for anything to do with her services. But he says, look, I just feel God has led me to you in some way tonight. Can we meet somewhere public tomorrow, a coffee shop or something? I'd love to talk to you about Jesus and all that he can do for you. And he gave, him, uh, his, he gave her his card and they met the next day. And there in that little coffee shop in South Africa, he hears the story of her background of drug abuse, of rape, of abuse and, and how she found her way to where she was today in prostitution. But then he tells her the story of Jesus and redemption and how he can save lives and transform them. And there in that little coffee shop, he leads that prostitute to Jesus. And a work begins that sees hundreds of prostitutes touched by the gospel, all because an apostolic man of God was willing to do the thing he wanted to do least and go into that nightclub. Miracles are often just the other side of an act of bravery. Not one that we make up, that would make us very strange. And Christians become unusual when they think, <clears throat> how can I do the strangest thing possible? No, they come when we step into the voice of God, hear him and obey. There's miracles to be found.
we see quite a lot of healings at our church. And so sometimes we get TV crews come through to, to in, do interviews about healing and things like that. And we had a, a group come in who weren't saved. They didn't know Jesus. And they were interviewing various members of our staff through the day uh, uh, and asking about healing and other sides of the life of church. And it came to near the end of the day. And it came to the point where they were going to chat with me and, and talk to me. So I talked to them about miracles and healing and <clears throat> raising the dead and God moving in people's lives and all these sorts of wild and wonderful things, thinking this is, this, 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 this is fun. And while I'm doing it, the girl that's doing the sound, you know, she's got a boom and a little fluffy toy on the end. That's the sounds thing. And, and she's there looking after all of that. But in between the takes, they're chatting away and she's obviously quite ill. She's got some kind of problem with her, a head problem of some way. And she's, she's having scans and she's quite worried that it's something quite nasty. And so this is going on in between takes. And I finished my interview and I, I headed off to the kitchen at the end of my interview and I'm going to go and get them some drinks. And I'm, I'm there getting the drinks together to go back through and give them, give them a glass of water and stuff like that. And uh, God just says to me, well then. And I'm like, but, well, well what? As if I didn't know. Well then, he says. Are you just going to talk about healing or are you going to pray for her healing? So I have a little argue with God. Oh, well, God, you know, they're not even Christian. They've got cameras. What if it all goes wrong? It could kind of uh, nullify everything that we've told them already about healing. As if God's bothered about that. He just wants to help people and bless people. And so I have a little argue with God. And then I'm walking back with the drinks, plucking up the courage to chat to them about praying for one of them. And I got in and I put the tray down. I said, well, you know, we're talking about healing. He said, yes. Well, evidently you're not very well. Why don't we pray for you? And she said what most people say when you offer to pray for them, even if they're not Christian. Yes, please, that would be lovely. Thank you. And then it came out of my mouth. And has ever, ever anything come out of your mouth and you thought, why am I saying that? I heard myself say, well, why don't we get the camera rolling? This will be really good for your documentary. And I'm going, what am I saying? Stop it. Anyway, I'd said it. So they thought, yeah, that would be great. So they put the cameras on the young girl. She sits down in a seat. And I put my hand near her head. I didn't actually touch her at all. And I just say, Jesus, would you reveal your presence to this young woman? And would you heal her? And then we sat silently for quite a little while, a couple of minutes, which is a long time, just to sit in silence. And she had her eyes closed. After about two minutes, she looked up at me and she said, well, that's freaky. I thought, what's freaky? She said, I can feel something so, so peaceful inside of me. What is that? I said, that's the presence of God. But how's your head? She said, oh, the pain left the moment you put your hand near my head. Wow. For the, what was left of the day, I saw the little boom mic with the fluffy thing on it shake as she was shaking under the power and the presence of God as she went around the room. You see, there's something powerful about just pushing through your fear into that place of boldness when God says to do something. When God speaks, there's tremendous power released for us to do incredible things. Living a life in boldness doesn't have to be continual, but where we regularly grasp what God is saying and step beyond our fear boundaries into the miraculous place of God's presence is a really powerful way to live. Let me exemplify it with one last story. I used to work on boats. I, I, I love boats and yachts and all that kind of stuff. And, and um, 
I found myself on a trip sailing around the Greek islands, which with a group of ministers, this is, this is more recent than my, my teenager life when I actually worked on boats. And we're sailing around these Greek islands, saying, staying in nice little coves in the evening because it's cheaper than going to marinas and things like that. And um, uh, we've been having a good time. And then one evening we get into this cove and it's full of other boats. So the captain, who looked like D'Artagnan from the Three Musketeers, he gathered us all together and said, we can't stay here, there's too many other boats. We've got to go across to another island where I know there's going to be a cove we can stay for the night. But here's the problem. It's getting dark and it's getting rough. So I need to ask you guys, are you willing to go? Well, around that table, we were ministers, so there wasn't only anointing, there was also testosterone. And we were like, yeah, come on, let's go for it. So we said, yeah, let's head out. Well, we headed out into the high seas, and it got rougher and rougher and rougher. And one by one, different guys began to look greener and greener and greener. And slowly, different ones would say, oh, I'm going down to where my bed is. I'm going to hide in the bottom of the boat. And another one would go. And honestly, they slowly disappeared off deck, trying to go and lie down and pretend it wasn't really happening, which is the last thing you want to do. When you've got seasickness, you want to be up somewhere where you can see the horizon. And it just helps you to contain everything and hold it together. I said to my friend, no, 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 we're not going down to where the beds are. We'll be really ill if we do that. We've got to stay up here. Where should we go? And I'm looking around the boat. And this boat had three masts that point straight up in the air. And I'm looking, and I can't go there. Where should we put ourselves? And then I noticed there was a bowsprit. A bowsprit is that mast that sticks straight out the front of the boat, often with a net underneath it. And I looked at the bowsprit, and I looked at my friend, and I looked at the bowsprit and back at my friend, and I said, I know. Let's tie ourselves to the bowsprit. <laughs> We jumped out onto the bowsprit, strapped ourselves to it as we headed into rougher and rougher seas. We were going up in the air, down. It, at first, it was, it was just fun. We were a little bit cold, but we were screaming, we were laughing, we were telling stories, we were having fun. Then it got rougher and rougher. And in the end, our bums were hitting the water. Then we were back up in the air and down again and back up in the air as it got rougher and rougher and rougher. Oh, boy, it went on for a couple of hours. In the end, I tell you, we were hypothermic. But, boy, it was an incredible adventure. We'd screamed ourselves till our voices were hoarse. We'd absolutely loved it. We uncoiled ourselves from the bowsprit at the end of the journey and stood on deck and looked at each other and went, wow, that was amazing. If you ever meet me, come up and say, hey, remember the bowsprit story? You'll notice that my eyes go a bit glassy. I'll be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, that was one of the best days of my life. If you talk to one of the guys that went down who was sick all the way along, some of them literally were just being sick the whole time. They'd turn greed. If you go up to one of them and say, hey, remember that time on the boat with Jared when it was really rough? And I tell you, they'll, they'll, a little bit of sick might come back in their throat. They'll sit there going, you know what? That was one of the worst days of my life. Really interesting. Here's my point. Exactly the same journey, just different postures, different positions. Some had hidden. Some had tied themselves to the bowsprit and gone, no, 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 no. We're going to make an adventure of this. We are going to go for it. Same journey. Christian friends, we're all on the same journey, the same journey of growing in God and growing in grace, and growing hopefully to touch our nation and see God do something extraordinary with our generation. We're on the same journey, 
but some will hide in the hold, going, oh, it's all a bit much. It's all a bit scary. I don't know if I can. I want to encourage you. It's only a few steps, a few small steps. Come out of the hold. Come tie yourself on the bowsprit and start to have some fun. Try some miracles. Pray for some sick people. Give a few prophecies. Begin to stretch out in the things of God and see what God might do. When we get to heaven, there's going to be crowds of people with polished, shiny armor. I'm sure they'll be marching into heaven, singing songs. I won't be one of them. I don't know. No, I'll come in. Probably I'll be late. I'll have my helmet of salvation half off my head. There'll be blood up my legs. I'll have a little bit of a sword of, of, of the spirit left in my hand, a little bit of a shield of faith, and I'll jump in going, I made it. I made it. I tried everything. I don't want polished armor. I want used armor. I want to have tried miracles, signs, wonders, prophecy, healing. I want to have reached out to people, try to see them saved. Made a few mistakes along the way, maybe, but I saw God move. Jesus promised we could do more than he would ever do. That's what he said. I wanted to try that. I wanted to go for it. I want to see what God could do in our generation. And I want to refuse to let fear stop me. Don't go for polished armor. Go for used armor. Try stuff. And if it doesn't work the first time, try again and again and perfect it. As long as you're loving people and you want to serve people and you're not an exhibitionist, as long as you're not that going on, you can't really go that wrong. If you stretch out to see people healed and changed and transformed, by the power of God's spirit. There's one miracle blocker that can stop you, and it's fear. Don't give in to it. Take those few steps out of the hold of fear and up onto the bowsprit of boldness and go, you know what? Let's go for it. Let's suck the juice out of life. Let's have an adventure. Let's just see if we can have this gospel of grace actually manifest in our lives to transform other people. And as you do, and as you grow in the things of the Spirit, you will find our gracious God is available to make a miracle worker out of incredibly ordinary people like you and me. God bless you as you step out in boldness to see the miraculous happen in your life.